my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. As you know, I am Dr. Brian Greenwood. I don't always introduce myself, but uh, I am very excited today because I like introducing my our guest, uh, the, and they are uh, who are who are most important. Um, I'm super excited today to uh, to be with um, one of my favorite students of all time, Aww. and um, <laughs> and um, and and someone who has become a friend and a colleague, and and that I I, I just have. Um, uh, just value uh, her her friendship and and her um, what she's done over the years for our program so much. I'm here today with a- Antonia Egrin. Hi, Tony. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah, it's so great. It's so great to be here with you, and um, so excited to talk about your career and and, and what you're doing now. Um, so, are you okay with me going by Tony for the podcast? Of course, yeah, definitely. Okay, okay, yeah. cool. I, I always wonder about that. I'm like, am I supposed to be calling her that or not? Um, Tony or not? <laughs> no, go for it. Uh, but uh, but uh, Tony is is currently the assistant athletics director for donor engagement for the University of California at Berkeley, um, and so we're I'm excited to talk to you about that. She's been in um, her current position for uh, one year, a pandemic year, I basically. Know. Yeah, it's and been a so, wild year for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a very first, uh, very a uh, wild first uh, first year, and. Um, unlike any other, of course. Uh, but we want to go back in time. Um, Tony, I want you to, um, I want to kind of walk, walk with you through, through your life and through your early career <laughs> so that, uh, our listeners can get, uh, you know, can, can get to know you a little bit more. So tell us where you're from or, originally. Yeah, sounds great. Um, I'm originally from San Diego. So honestly, I always say it's a great place to be from. Um, you know, we've got sunshine all year round, basically. I had a great experience growing up being close to the beach and um, being engaged in sports and just being from a great area. I'm from the San Marcos Carlsbad area specifically. So had a, had a really nice childhood growing up there. Right on. So yeah. you went the other way. You went north. I mean, <laughs> well, I went about my my poor mom is just like, you just keep moving further and further <laughs> oh, and further away. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I'm just well, taking a tour of California at this point. So there you go. There yeah. you go. And you're working, <laughs> you're working in donor engagement. So you get to go all over. I'm sure you exactly. guys have, I'm sure you guys have lots of alum in, in San Diego. So oh, oh, a ton. Yes. Gonna have to plan yeah. some trips down there to Carl's. Yes, yeah, she'll appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will. So uh, what did your what did your parents do when you were growing up? Or, or yeah, so my parents had some pretty cool jobs. Um, my mom was actually a special education teacher. Mm. Um, and so she actually worked at the elementary school that I went to and, and my sister went to as well. And she did that for gosh, probably 15 years or so while we were growing up. And it's really neat to hear about her experience and, you know, the patience, um, mm-hmm. she, you know, had, and just that passion for, for helping students and giving back. And, yeah. um, I always loved that about her and, and, and the job that she did. And then my dad, um, actually works for a, um, housing developer, but they specifically focus on low income or, um, homeless transition housing. So they oh, take awesome. right now, actually they're taking abandoned hotels or motels, um, and actually turning them into transition facilities, um, to get people, you know, off the streets and get them the support they need, help them find jobs um, so they can, you know, ha- live healthy, long lives, um, you know, as, as they want to. Yeah, um, so they wow. both had careers that really inspired me because they both are giving back and making a difference. Um, yes, I always thought course. was really neat. 
Yes, of course. I was just thinking that. Wow, like your dad, what what important work that your dad is doing. And you and I have talked about, I, I think we've talked about before, your mom being a special education teacher. I I um I substituted in special education in a middle school for for two weeks once in my 20s. And it was um the most rewarding um, two weeks of my life and the most exhausting two weeks <laughs> yeah. of my life. And so I, I gained like a I gained such a such an admiration for for special education teachers and and all they they put into it. And so uh, it takes a special person and uh, just love that. So so I I know I know that you were uh, involved in sports. So you're you're uh, you were an athlete. Tell us what you played growing up. Yeah, so I had definitely like an eclectic mix of uh-huh. sports. Um, so I had always enjoyed running, and that was something I, I did growing up. I did a marathon and, and always enjoyed long-distance running for fun. Uh-huh. Uh, but then I also played tennis all through growing up through high school and then mm. played on the club team at Cal Poly, actually, for a few years. And yeah. always really enjoyed that. That was a sport my entire family played. And then the other kind of wild card in there is I actually did Taekwondo for, I guess it probably was 11 years. And so I'm a second degree black belt. No way. Uh, I'm retired now. People always ask like, oh my gosh, like, are you still out there fighting? And, you know, Uh practicing and, you know, my old age, I've I've decided to retire. Uh Uh, You're old age. Uh (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, I don't think I can get back in the ring like I used to, but, um, so kind of an eclectic mix of sports. That's cool. Uh, but, but really neat experiences, um, with, with both of those two that I kind of, um, took all the way through high school. So. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Well, well, now, you know, I know we have a number of students uh, who end up uh, at Cal Poly and end up in our major from the San Diego area, mm-hmm. um, but, it, but it usually takes a connection. Like, did you have a connection to Cal Poly? How'd you hear about Cal Poly? That sort of thing. Yeah, it was actually kind of funny because in high school, um, I was pretty involved across the board in a variety of clubs and activities. And one of the things was ASB. And I was right. actually the sports coordinator for ASB. So we used to do all the awards. Oh, right on teams and that sort of thing. And my co-partner um, in that position actually ended up going to Cal Poly for kinesiology and she was really into sports. And so that kind of planted the seed of Cal Poly in my mind. And then when I started looking at colleges, I knew I wanted to go somewhere that had sports management or something of that nature. Um, right. I hadn't quite figured it out at that point. I wasn't sure if I was going to go a physical education route or a kines route. And um you know, after talking to her and exploring Cal Poly, I then found at the time, you know, Art Recreation Parks and Tourism Administration. And that's kind of how I started finding my way um, right. up to San Luis Obispo. Yeah. Right. And your yeah. parents had your parents had eclectic careers. So I imagine they were pretty supportive of, of your path into this area or not? Oh, yes. I remember okay. my dad, he was helping me kind of, you know, do the college search. And I just, I <laughs> specifically remember him like, printing out, you know, back in the day where you just print everything. Of course. Yeah, yeah. He's like, look at this place I found Cal Poly and they've got sports management. Right. Um, you know, and we're looking at it and like, oh my gosh, this, this is it, you know? And so that's awesome. You know, my passion for sports. They, when we had toured Cal Poly, they were like, this is the place for you. It's the perfect size. It's the perfect area. You get to be outside, you're close to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was super nice. And so they were super supportive of me applying and um, we're super excited when they got in. Cool. Very awesome. Yeah. And so, and, um, and, and you remind me, I, I always forget whether you took RPTA 160 with me or 101, which one was the first one that we, we had to so, get? <laughs> so I don't know if you remember this, but I emailed you before I even started at Cal Poly. And I said, 
you know, hi, I'm Antonia and I'm, uh-huh. I haven't even started yet, but I really want to take your 160 class in yeah. fall because I don't think I could take it technically. Right. Um, I think you were nice enough to let me in. So I took 160 with you. I think my first quarter at Cal oh. Poly. You know, I knew it was something like that yeah. because, um, yeah, because I, I remember you very vividly from that first class, and um, and you know, some students, uh, some students are really just like that, and um, uh, you know, you, I remember you sitting on the front row and just being yep. really engaged, yeah, being very, really engaged and really enthusiastic, and you know, giving that positive energy, and I think that's something that that um, that sometimes people discount. You know, I had a um, I had a failed business career uh, right out of college. <laughs> And um, and um, I don't know but, if I knew that. <laughs> no, no, not many people know about that. I don't talk about it too much. I blew, I, I blew through my uh, grandmother's savings that she had saved up for oh, me. No. And, um, and uh, so I, uh, but but one of the things that I learned from that experience, I, I did like business talks and business seminar, uh, business seminars. And one of the things that we learned is we we would plant someone in the front row who would give positive energy and like nod and and smile yeah. and that sort of thing, you know. And so whenever. I have a student in the front row doing that. It's like the words <laughs> just flow. I love it. Yeah. So, so you stood out right away. Oh, thank from, you. I from appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk about that, your experience at, at Cal Poly, like what you did, what you would recommend to students um, to do. And even um, what, looking back, um, all of your experience on a college campus, what maybe uh, what maybe you didn't do that you wish you had done? Oh gosh, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot yeah. in one thing. But uh, but, but let's. Uh, you're talented. You can. Do yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, gosh, when I look back, I think I was pretty involved on campus, and so I think this is something I always say. It's funny because I think the Ripples guy still comes around and does, you know, Wow Week, and he still does his little spiel, but. I really took away when he said sample the buffet. And I think that kind of, you know, encompasses what I tried to do in my college experiences. I really tried to sample the buffet and uh-huh. try the different clubs. And you now I did the, I was the editor of the report, you know, with, um, you know, RPTA. And mm-hmm. I think probably one of my biggest experiences was being a resident advisor um, yeah. in the dorms. And that was a great experience. It forced me to grow up really quick. You know, I, I basically say, had a lot of responsibility, 200 yeah. children, you know, yeah. I was like, kind of like <laughs> yeah. a second mom, you know, um, yeah. and, and taking care of them and, and guiding them through, you know, that first year, which is always, yeah. you know, it, it's different for everybody and it, it's always pretty crazy. Um, and uh-huh. so I did that for two years and um, that I think really shaped probably if I look back, really shaped the path that I took Yeah. You know, even through now, yeah. you know, I, I really fell in love with higher education, I think. And and student development um, through that experience. And so that one, that's probably one of the big, biggest ones that stands out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny. I hate to interrupt you, but it's so yeah. funny. I think about, I, I, I should have remembered that you were an RA, but, uh, but now when you say it, I'm like, Oh, of course she was. And, um, and, and two <laughs> of the things that you, that, that you, you, or one of the things you did when you were at Cal Poly being an RA and then later in, in running commencement for many years, oh, yeah. like those two things are like the two things that there is no way I could ever do. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I admire you so much because it's Thanks. so much, so much responsibility. <laughs> like me now as a 47 year old, I cannot imagine being a resident advisor yeah, <laughs> or taking care of commencement and running. Oh commencement. My gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's hurting. It's knowing how to hurd cats, you know, you and, you and, in all situations. And of course. I mean, it, it was a really, it really was an awesome experience. Yeah. Um, so I'd say, you know, going back to advice, I think mm-hmm. sample the buffet. Um, mm-hmm. I think 
I would advise people to, I think you'll know this, that I was guilty of saying, I'm going to finish Cal Poly in three years. And I was on the track to do that. And I think it was actually Professor Moyer who said to me, slow down. Like, you know, what's, what's the rush. And I really appreciate, you know, we're, we're in this hurry, especially in college to hurry up and get it over with and move on and get a job. And, mm-hmm. you know, which is all very exciting, but it's mm-hmm. in retrospect, you go, well, I have my entire life to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, you have these four years and if you, if you can afford to take the time and, and do mm-hmm. the full four, even a fifth, if, if you need to mm-hmm. take the time, you know, take the fun class here and there, because those are actually, you know, I think you know this. I took some random classes at the very end. I think I took theory husbandry. I took finance. Yeah. Nice. How, you know, one quarter. Nice. And when I'm having random conversations with people, those are like the icebreaker topics, you know, people ask you about. And you can right. volunteer all these fun things that you did in college. And, and right. You can explain to them that dairy, you can explain to them that dairy husbandry is not getting married to a cow. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or just even answering the question, like, wait, where did you go? And you get to right. talk about Cal Poly. And um, so I'd say that's a piece of advice to slow down. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think the other piece is keep the connections that you make. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's so cool. You know, you and I all have always stayed connected, even after, mm-hmm. you know, me graduating. I stayed connected with a lot of the friends or even some of my supervisors I had as, as a student assistant. And you never know when those people are going to come back into the fold of your life or right. when you can use them as a reference or, you know, or, or just as keep them as a friend. That's um, right. And that's so that's something I've tried to be really intentional about. And that's something I think, you know, even as a freshman, if you have a really great supervisor, um, stay in contact with them because you never know when they could yep. be like your actual real boss out, out in the real world, which actually has happened to me. So yeah, that's such, such great advice. And I, yeah. I love it. So, so let's talk about, you know, I know you were, um, you were originally on the sport management, um, concentration, right? That was, mm-hmm. that was, that was your, your original concentration at Cal Poly and, and we'll eventually get there because you, you've gotten back to sport management, yeah. which is, which is cool. Um, but you, um, you spent a number of years um, at Cal Poly in um, in student affairs, in in Cal Poly Corporation, in yeah. um, in um, as uh, director of uh, as as director of development for for student mm-hmm. affairs. So you you've worn a number um, a number of hats. Um, I, I know your uh, your internship, your your first internship, right, was was with Cal Poly Athletics. Is yeah, that right? It was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. talk about talk about that experience and, um, you know, students always, our our current students in particular and prospective students want to hear that story because a lot of them are are obviously thinking about how you get an internship. And, and luckily they're all smarter than me, you know, who woke up his senior year and, um, looked over at my roommate who was also a psychology major and said, (laughs) said, when are they going to place us in that internship? And he's oh, like, no. <laughs> what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like, internship placement doesn't mean what you think it means. I right, was like, yeah. oh, really? <laughs> he's yeah. like, yeah, you get it yourself. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about that process. Yeah. So, you know, I think there was a combination of things that kind of led me to that point. One was, I think I took your, I don't know if you still have this class, but it was the facility management course. Um, I think it was like sport facility management. Um, you know, it was, it was recreation facility management, yes, uh, areas yeah, yeah, yeah. and facility management. It was RPTA yep. 350. So a number yep. of the alumni who are, who are listening will remember that. That's yeah. the famous class that, that very, the very first time I taught it, um, 
that one of the uh, a student wrote on the evaluation, boring as balls. Oh, no. <laughs> Let me tell you. That and was I was like, I will I like, never get that. Awesome. <laughs> you loved it. I love it. See? I loved it. Yeah. yeah. See, well, it was, it was a little bit drier <laughs> than most, you know, but I, I it was kind of funny because I was like, I will never get, I will never have someone refer to me as boring as balls <laughs> from here on out in my career. So it was That's good to get it over with right? right away. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't so told that story in a long time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So I, I think I took that class and mm-hmm. then I think it was also the combination of, I was a facility supervisor with ASI. So I worked uh-huh. at the sports complex um, my senior year and I really enjoyed yeah. the concept of managing facilities and what it yeah. takes to you know, to put together an event and to manage so just people in a stadium. Um, yeah. And so when I started thinking about that, I was like, okay, like I really, I'm going down the sports management track. I really like athletics. Like, let me see if there's a facilities management operations position within Cal Poly athletics. Cause yeah. I want to stay local. Um, and I looked and I found Jesse Latino. Um, and so I reached out to him yeah. and said, Hey, you know, I'm interested in, I need to do an internship. You know, do you have anything available and he had never had an intern before. So I was going to say, um, I thought you were the first one. You were from Jesse's first, first right? Yeah. yeah. And He's then, had like so 20 since then. That's great. I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I kind of started the, you know, the chain of, of having an intern and yeah. um, that was a great experience. I think it opened my eyes up a lot about athletics. Um, and I think that's why maybe it took me a little while to, co- to maybe come back around. Cause I realized you're working pretty much, especially in facilities, you're working basically every single day of the year plus and definitely holidays, definitely weekends. Um, your first one there, last one to leave. Um, but it was a great experience. I mean, I absolutely loved the work we did, but I think yeah. I was like, okay, I need to be, I need to know that if I'm going to go into athletics, that it's, it's a demanding career mm-hmm. if, if you want to kind of go in that route. Yeah, um, for sure. But it, it was so much fun. And, and if, for anyone listening, if, if they're interested in going that route, Jesse is an awesome person to connect with and um, he's just a good guy, you know, and he's one of those he people is. who I've stayed friends with after has always been a reference for me. You know, yeah. I think the three of us, we've always played poker together. Yeah. We played you know? poker and, together and everything. Yeah. yeah. He's a darn good poker player too. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty good. Uh, yeah. He's pretty <laughs> he's good. He's got a good yeah. poker face. So. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Tony's pretty good too. I should tell everybody. She's like, uh, if I think I'm about like, you. If I think about the people who scare me at the poker table, Tony's actually one of them because I can't, I can't read her. I can't read her poker face. She's uh, she's, because it's always a smile. Yeah. She's a smiling assassin. That's it. I love it. it. So, so let's talk about that period. You know, I don't want to like walk through every position because you did, you did a number of things at, at, um, at Cal Poly, including getting your master's degree, um, Mm -hmm. which, which I do want, I do want you to reflect on that a little bit because, um, you know, I think, um, I think a lot of, um, I try to teach in my classes and you know, this from RPTA 160, I talk about how you need a master's degree if you want to work on a college campus. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's ultimately true of almost any position that you want to get, unless yeah. it's like really, really lower level or maintenance positions. Like even mm-hmm. coaches nowadays pretty much have to yeah. have a master's degree. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, talk about, um, talk about that early career and then transitioning into getting your master's and how how you originally decided upon that, what that experience was like. Yeah. So I think um, the first job I got after graduating was because of a connection. It was actually a fellow RPTA alum. It was Travis Dominguez. He and I were both facility supervisors together with ASI and he was working for conference and event planning. And so I kind of took that path and, and found that position. And I wanted to stay in slow because it's 
I mean, the best place in the whole world, um, still is to me, it's always going to have a special place, but, um, you know, that was great because I, I knew I wanted to be in events and I got to have that firsthand, you know, that entry level drop that everyone has to take, um, to really get that hands-on experience, um, you know, supervising student assistants and, and just seeing how events happen on a college campus. And, And I think I learned a lot in that job and, um, I learned what I'm looking for in a supervisor. I learned, you know, what I'm looking for as far as job responsibilities. Um, and I think in that time, I was truly doing a lot of self-reflecting and trying to figure out, okay, now that I've got this first job, what's next? So that, cause I think I always have that mindset, like, okay, yeah. let's do a year. And then what's, how are we going to get to that next step? How can I start the work now to yeah. get to where I want to be in a year or two? Um, and in that reflecting, I think I went back to that moment of going, wow, I really like working with students and student development, and I want to get a master's degree. And so after doing some research and a lot of informational interviews with people who had done different programs on campus, I kind of landed on um, the master's in education with the counseling and guidance focus, um, because originally I would wanted to be an academic advisor for student athletes. So kind right. of combining that passion for student development with athletics um, and kind of going that route. Yeah. And And you did that during, you did that while you were getting your master's degree, right? Yeah. So I was really, I mean, I was working and I'll get to that, but it's like, I was continuing to sample the buffet. I was like, how many things can Uh I put on my plate and how much experience, you know, while I'm here and while I have these connections, like how much experience can I get at Cal Poly to eventually, you know, launch my career in whatever way I want to go. And so, Mm -hmm. um, did that kind of internship while I was working full time, did grad school, realized in, in doing that internship um, and working with student athletes that that wasn't actually the route I wanted to go um, because it kind of felt like every day was the same. You know, you mm. can only really look at, mm. you know, the course sheet so often and talk about compliance and that sort of thing. And I was like, eh, this is not, you know, that event passion for me still existed. And so right. um, all while that was happening, I was ready to transition out of that job with competent event planning. And one of the connections I had kind of kept um, was Tessa Espinosa. She had been um, someone I worked for when I was with housing as a resident advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had a position available. And so during that crazy time of grad school and internships, I ended up changing jobs and becoming the coordinator for um, parent family programs and commencement with Tessa. Right, so that right. kind of brought me back to that mirroring of events, plus just working with student affairs and helping students develop and that kind of whole thing. And right. I look back and that still is like one of the best jobs I've ever had. It wasn't in sports, but it was exactly what I needed at that point in my career because I got right. hands-on event experience um, in a big way. You know, I think you've yeah. been through commencement. Maybe not everyone who's listening has been through commencement yet, but <laughs> A in a normal non-COVID world, yeah. it is mayhem. You know, it's, it's huge. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and you, you got to do it like four times, right? Because Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just on rinse and repeat. So you hope by yeah. the third or fourth time you get it right. But right. You know, that first moment where you hit go on commencement is, is nerve wracking um, yeah. because you do have all the graduates, but then you have 15, 20,000 people for each ceremony coming on the campus and you're managing basically yeah. every aspect you could have for a large scale event. And so, yeah. I had an awesome experience there and she's probably the best supervisor I've ever had. Um, and that's something that's always really stuck with me and something I've brought with me into my current job, which is, right. you know, how, how do I want to lead the people that work for me and how can I be the best supervisor I can possibly be and empower the people I work with to, right. you know, help them move up in their careers well. And, and she was someone who really did that. And, you know, once my, you know, I finished my grad degree and, and had kind of hit the max, um, you know, in that role with her, she helped me, 
you know, go to my next role as a director of development. So right. um, it was and a crazy entered- couple of years, you know, yeah. um, and I got a lot of experience. I think in that role too, there was at one point, you know, this, the day I graduated from my master's degree, I was the only one running commencement because the whole department had, you know, left and found new roles, Tessa was out <laughs> on maternity leave. And so I literally ran commencement, put on my cap and gown, drove up to the performing arts center in my own cap and gown and like graduated yeah. and then went back down and ran the rest of the Ran the rest, the rest of that it. That whole yeah. couple of years is a blur. Um, I'm sure. Such a great experience. <laughs> I love it. And you introduced yeah. me to Tessa. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. She, she is fabulous. I, I really, really like Tessa a lot. And what's, yeah. is she still at Cal Poly now? Yeah. So she's the senior okay. director. Um, of parent family probings and commencement, but she kind of is now doing all the external relations for student yeah. affairs. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. 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 Yeah. So, and, and during, um, during, uh, or a little bit after that, you even started teaching for us. So um, I know. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to get some, uh, some, uh, fan uh some uh some fan, student fans i was some gonna fan say fan mail yeah no, yeah no i'm sure you're gonna get some no. former students who are listening who uh who are like oh i love tony in class oh, and i um, hope so yes absolutely um so so tony taught um professor edgren taught right uh, yes. uh, during during that period she taught uh rpta 101 for us and taught leadership and diverse groups for us and um yeah yeah girl, gained some experience in the classroom. And so that's just, uh, that's awesome. And, um, and, and like, like I said, like we said at the beginning, you know, um, she is now an assistant athletics director for donor engagement, um, at, at the university of California, Berkeley. And, um, I want to I want to talk a little bit about what uh, what that role has been like. I don't know. Obviously, it's it's been uh, a bit different because of the pandemic, um, but I think it's important. You know, you talked about so many different positions, right? And you started in sport management and then um, as a concentration. But I, I think we forget sometimes how symbiotic that special event planning and mm-hmm. sports, you know, you you remember me saying on, on um, in RPTA 160, every athletic contest is a special event, right? Well, yeah. oh, if you, yeah. learn, you know, if you learn how to put on a special event, you can do it in sports, you can do it in live music, you can do it, um, you know, uh, at, at a commencement, right? On yeah. a college, on a college campus. And so I, I love that aspect. And we've, we've talked about that. I'm kind of going down that path a lot with, um, with uh, this set of podcasts, um, Tony, because you know I'm going to be I'm going to be talking to a, a VP, uh, an alumni who's a vice president of a bank, and um, oh, nice. and uh, yeah, and so uh, you know just just seeing all that transferability of skills. But I love it that you that you've weaved and then and you got that development experience, right. which is a huge element in sport in totally. in, in any sport environment. And so let's talk about. Um, Talk about how you got that position at Cal Berkeley, um, the process there, and then uh, I want to move into a little bit of what you what you're doing on a daily basis. Yeah, so I will say that I think I had this moment. I was so after I did commencement, I uh, moved on to become a director of development for student affairs, which I knew that was not going to be my passion, but I also knew it was an important step. Um, if I ever wanted to be in a leadership role at a university, just because development is a huge piece of the puzzle, yeah. um, especially today with 
budgets being uncertain and that sort of thing. And so I took it, got great experience, had the opportunity to travel with the vice president, the president and got that kind of exposure Mm -hmm. um, and just knowledge at that higher level that was going to be super transferable no matter where I went. Um, And so I kind of had that point where I realized like, okay, I'm ready for the next thing. And I knew I wanted to get back into sports. I think there was just this fire reignited in me. And I was, I knew that was the path that I wanted to to go down. Um, And it was hard because I think, you know, this in the sports world, it's all based on connections. And I think the places I was applying and and trying to work at, I didn't have any connections. And I really was just resting on, here's my resume. I hope you look at it through, you know, a stack of, you know, the tons that you could get because realistically, like who doesn't want to work for, you know, the Warriors, who doesn't want to work for yeah. the 49ers or, or even, you know, I applied a lot at Texas. Um, mm, right. We talked about that. You yeah. think of football, you think of Texas, at least I do. Yeah. Um, and so I will be honest, um, that was a really hard time because I think I submitted probably over 50 different applications, places, mm-hmm. got interviews at most made it to some point and then didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew I just had to keep sticking with it, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's reworking my resume or trying to reach out in a different way to the department. Mm-hmm. I knew the right thing was going to come along. And um, I, you know, I applied to this job at Cal and had a great experience, you know, meeting with the people. And it really was the dream job when I looked at it. I was like, wow, it combines events. I get to be a supervisor. Uh, it has the development, yeah. which I think I like the event side of development, the donor engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and after all these interviews and everything, I, I landed this job and it was, it and has ended up being the perfect job for me because so many of the other ones, which is really tough to say, were really event specific. And I probably would have gotten laid off, um, mm, with yeah. COVID because that's just kind of what has happened a little bit within yeah. athletics and sports and, and whatnot. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's been a great experience and I accepted the job, I think February 28th and then the world Ooh. changed. Yeah. And I was packed up, ready to move. And they said, you know what? Actually, we don't need you to be up here. You can work remote. And that was in yeah. March. And yeah. I just finally made the move up to Berkeley um, in January. And so it's definitely been a wild ride, Yeah, um, you know, coming on the team. But super thankful that I was able to to join and, and have this great job during this kind of crazy time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I feel I, I, I'm with you and I feel, feel fortunate myself. And I think everybody out there who who has a job feels, feels incredibly privileged and lucky and, and everything. And we feel for, for all of those out in our industry and in every industry that, that have lost their jobs and are struggling. And, um, oh, yeah. um, so, uh, so yeah, we, you know, but, but, but we're, we're, we're also, we're optimistic and hopeful that, that, um, that we're turning the corner here um, I think so. moving forward. I think so too. And, um, yeah. so let's talk about what donor engagement is. I think, um, you know, when, when, when people think about a career in, um, in sport, I think it's an area that gets overlooked and I probably don't talk mm-hmm. about it enough in, 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 um, in my sport classes. Um, but you know, when you're on a college campus, uh, development is, is key. It, it ultimately oh, yeah. um, keeps the, helps to keep the lights on. And so, um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, our, our sport environment, sport has become big business on college campuses, especially in a P5, like, uh, like Cal, um, where yeah. you, where you're competing at the highest levels or you're, or you're trying to compete at the highest levels, you have to have that money. I mean, God, what was, what was the, the, 
it was a mind blowing amount that they spent on Memorial Stadium. Like what? Oh what? my gosh! Alone, millions and millions and yeah, yeah, it was a lot hundreds of hundreds of millions right? of dollars, hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars to refurbish. Yeah. Uh, it is Memorial Stadium, right? Isn't that? Yep, Did I California get that right? Memorial Stadium. Yep. Yeah, there you go. All right, yeah. I've been, I've been there. I have been there. So it's uh, a pretty cool spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw my Tar Heels get crushed by the uh, by the Bears there. <laughs> so back. maybe not the best memories. You'll have to come back. <laughs> yeah, no, but I enjoyed my time in Berkeley. Okay, sure. good. It's a, it's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful, fun town. But um, let's talk about like what 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 do you do? What what is someone who is um an AD of donor engagement? What do what do you do? So it's actually kind of an interesting role because I almost operate as an AD of external relations. Um, And so on my team, I oversee seven people. So I've got two event managers that I, that I oversee. I've got someone who's in in charge of stewardship. So purely just outreach and and acknowledgements and thanking donors. I've got um, writers on my team who put together proposals and collateral and design all the pieces that, um, you know, we present to donors, but then also all the communications that we send, um, you know, out to, to all of our supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got some admin coordinators and support staff who manage um, data because data is huge when you get into yeah. development. Having the right contact information to mm-hmm. reach out to people is, is a huge piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we keep the donors. Um, you know, we've got probably about 8,000 or so that we're always, you know, working with. But then we also have all of our student athlete alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge population that we work with as well. And we have, mm-hmm. you know, we have 850 student athletes, um, you know, who compete for us. And that's, so we have a large population if you start going back, yeah. um, you know, that, w- that we're working with regularly as well. So um, yeah. I think, you know, over the last six months um, since September, we've hosted 70 virtual events. Oh, wow. um, Last year, you know, we sent, I don't even know, hundreds of emails, you know, to various different constituents. I think we contacted over a million people with, you know, good news and updates. And uh-huh. um, we also manage basically all the events and communications for the athletic director as well. So we're, we're mm-hmm. working on a number of different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, our team is pretty much touches every area of athletics, yeah. um, which is pretty neat. So and we get a lot of one-on-one time with the coaches. We're, we're working with them constantly to host events and engage their alumni or engage their donors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do it on a very small level to a very big level. You know, last night um, we just hosted our virtual signing day event. Mm. Um, you know, I guess it's two days ago. Um, you know, we had 1300 people registered for that event. Um, wow. Really? You know, for, for a virtual signing day event. Um, but and that was really, for know, football? For football. Yeah. And so it's cool. It's like, we've got our coaches on there. We had some NFL players and, um, just being able to, to work with those individuals on a daily basis is super awesome. I was going to um, say really cool. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, people, people forget that, that, um, for on college campuses, you know, I, I like to refer to, to intercollegiate athletics. It's like the front porch, right? It's like mm-hmm. what, pe- what people see, right. And, and Berkeley yeah. may, I mean, Berkeley may be not quite at that level because obviously Berkeley so known for academics and, and the academic element is yes. so, mm-hmm. so far. Um, so far, you know, but, but still, you know, um, Cal athletics is obviously a very high profile. And so you're not, you're not talking lower level stuff. So when, 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 when you're talking to donors that they're donors that are at the, at the highest of levels. And so you're, you're working with the president, you're working with the Mm -hmm. AD and, and the the board of trustees and all of that. Right. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been an, an awesome experience just yeah. to have that exposure and, and work at that level. And, you know, yeah. Cal Poly was, was a great experience, but yeah. when you go to Cal, it's, it's definitely like the big potatoes, you know, yeah. you're yeah, it's a not uncommon to be like, Oh, another $3 million gift came in to name this, you know, <laughs> or, right. You know, you hope for those every day, but you know, they don't, they come every so often, but you know, we're working right. on, on awesome gifts like that. And, you know, working with um, like Ron Rivera, you know, is, is one of our alums and, uh-huh. um, you know, they just made a big gift. So we get to work with them and, you know, it's, oh, cool. it's kind of cool when you get to work with those individuals, like the Jared Goffs and the Aaron Rodgers and, yeah, you know, course. we have a huge Olympic presence. And so right. um, being able to, to work with all of them and, and being able to host all these events and engage all these people yeah. um, is really awesome. So like I said, it really is the dream job for me. And I have That's this amazing awesome. team of people that I get to manage and work with. And Very cool. it's really a cool experience for me to see how I can empower them and support them and doing mm-hmm. really great work. Uh, yeah. University. So. Yeah, I bet. And you know, one of the things that I've always um th- that I've always admired about you is your your ability to to form positive relationships. You know, you you did that right away with me in the classroom and talked about, you know, smiling on the front row and 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 coming <laughs> yeah. up and coming up afterwards and being professional and and I just remember being impressed from you from day 1 and and ultimately that is now <laughs> benefiting you in your yeah. current position, I would imagine because from from my understanding it's a lot about building relationships. It's about building oh, trust. Yeah. It's about building um, rapport. Um, so is and, and I know that has to be a little bit hard in the environment that we're in now with virtual. But but oh, definitely. Can you speak to, to to what that's been like in terms of building those relationships? Yeah, I mean it's been hard because I came on to a team um, where they met me virtually, and so mm-hmm. and and during a pandemic where everyone is experiencing COVID in very different ways. Yeah. Um, and so much of the trust and rapport you build with people is, is really done in person. So to try and do that over yeah. zoom where you lose a lot of that personality and, and yeah. just that natural interaction that, that forms bonds is, is hard. Yeah. Um, and I have a very diverse team. I have, you know, the age range is, you know, 26 to 55. Mm-hmm. Some have been with Cal for 15 years. Some had just started. Um, and every single person on my team does a very different job. Um, right. so it's not like I have one team of event planners. It's like, oh no, I've got event planners, writers, you know, and, and so it's, um, it was a, it was a lot to learn coming on mm-hmm. and a lot to navigate just them all being in very different places. Um, and so I think I, my, I'm always going to approach situations like that with empathy and I just want right. to get to know you. I, I want to know where you're at. I want you to feel heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my number one thing is I want you to feel like I'm taking care of you that right. no matter what, I'm going to give you a heads up when things are going to be coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to leave you in the dark. I'm going to be transparent mm-hmm. uh, because I think especially during a time like this in a pandemic, it's huge. It's detrimental to lose people's trust and for them to feel like, you know, their supervisor is not looking out for them. Um, and so that's really the approach that I've taken beyond anything else. Um, because, you know, yes, we're always going to try and do great work and we're, you know, I feel like everyone's trying to operate on all cylinders and we're doing more Mm -hmm. than we've ever done before. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I just want to make sure you're taken care of and and you're in a good place and you're, you know, healthy mentally and physically and Mm -hmm. and doing all that self-care and, um, you know, we'll send the email tomorrow. We'll send the email next week if we need to. We'll postpone right. that event if, if we have to. Right. Um, and so that's the approach I think I've really taken. And I felt like so far it's it's going well. I mean, I'm sure they all have different it. opinions depending on where they're at. But 
Um, I think they'd all probably say that Antonio is really trying to, to look out for us and right. um, us during this time. That's what I hope they would say. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, um, I am sure, I am sure they are. And, um, and I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just super impressed, uh, with, uh, with what you've been able to do just in this uh, short period of time under really difficult circumstances. And uh, I, yeah, I've been wanting to get you on for the, on the podcast for, for a little bit, but um, I'm yeah. super, super glad that we could finally get it done and we could uh, get it done with you with this uh, new title and um, um, yes, up at Berkeley awesome. and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I miss, we miss you here in slow and uh, miss, miss seeing you, <laughs> miss randomly you all too. The, yeah, miss seeing you randomly on the bike trail and, uh, and all, but, uh, but we know you won't be a stranger and you'll have to, oh, you, you'll have to come through slow on your way to Carlsbad. So, uh, yes, so definitely stop and say hello. And, um, just want to thank you for your time and, um, uh, and, and just say, take good care, stay healthy. And, uh, and hopefully we'll be out of this pandemic soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. And thanks everyone for having me.